Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you? Good. Me too. I'm excited to study this passage of scripture. It's one of my favorites, actually. Uh, it's one of the uh, warm and fuzzy moments in the scripture. Of course, there are many, but this one is absolutely incredible. So we're going to share this together. Uh, so if you get your Bibles, look at Luke chapter 18. Of course, you know that we've been in this series in uh, the book of Luke for, I don't know, eternity. And uh, but it's been so good and I've been enjoying it so much. I, there's nothing I like more than, than just taking a book at a time and just cruising through it and seeing what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. So I've really enjoyed this, and I'm looking forward to this time this morning. So let's pray over it, and we'll get into it. Are you all right with that? You ready? Are you ready? Yes. All right, good. Heavenly Father, we love you, and now we ask that you would help us, that you would remove from us distractions and barriers and the stuff of life that we carry in with us and cause us to be open with open ears and open hearts to hear what you have to say to us. Jesus, we love you. And Spirit of God, we ask you to speak your words to us, to help us to be the people of God that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Now, um, most of you are probably involved in some kind of social media to some degree. Maybe not all of you, but probably most of you. Chances are because you probably have found, just like I have, that if you don't, you don't have a clue what's going on in the world. Is that true? Have you seen that be true? You don't know what's going on with people that you know, and it's like no one emails anymore. Email is so old. It's like business emails. Everybody else does everything else. It's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's all of these different means of communicating. Well, I have found a couple things to be true as I have um, you know, invested a little bit into social media. One of the things I have found to be true is that when I say post something that I, uh, I really enjoy, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a verse that I've enjoyed or, or maybe it's a quote that I read that was inspirational and I throw that out there into that social media universe that people will say, oh, that's nice. And you might get a little comment back on it. Oh, good word, thanks. Someone might say, oh, I like that. You know, one or two. And it's been really meaningful to you. But, but when you... Show something about your kids. When I post, with few exceptions, because some of you who are in your college age years, you're like, okay, more kid pictures. Unfollow, dislike, I'm out of here. I'm done with this dude. But, but for the most part, you show a picture of your kids, and what happens? It blows up. There's like 98 likes. There's like a whole slew of comments. Oh, would you look at those kids? Oh, it looks like you. Oh, it looks like your wife. Oh, they're the cutest little things I ever did see. I just want to, you know, it goes on and on like that. Have you experienced that at all? It's a little bit wounding to some of our egos as you throw out things you think are meaningful and inspirational, and people say, nah, got any more kid pictures? 
We don't really care about you and what you think. We want to see your family. Actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's great. But it's because kids are wonderful. It's because we love kids, or at least we love the idea of kids. <laughs> Most of us do. Now, I know some of you, uh, today, today what we're talking about is, I'm calling it Kids and the Kingdom. The Kids in the Kingdom. And I know some of you, as soon as I say that, you get a little nervous because you think, uh, well, oh boy, here we go. And you want to start tuning me out. Like some of you who are a little more mature in years, you may be thinking, I did that. I've been through that season. It was good. It was difficult. I am done. I am enjoying this season. Can we please not talk about this today? <laughs> Or some of you who are single, you may be thinking, um, really? So that means there's nothing in it for me today because I don't have kids. And quite frankly, I mean, I'm looking around to find out who I can connect to and start dating. But that doesn't look so good right now. And so kids are a long way off for me. So are we, I really want to talk about this because I don't think it pertains to me. But don't shut me off just yet because I don't think it's going to be true. Some of you are single parents and uh, or just parents, you've got little kids, and you're thinking today, can't I just have a break? I mean, really, they're in class, I'm here, I'm relaxed, it's wonderful, could we just not talk about them, because I talk about them all the time? I understand that. But I think in this passage that Jesus wants to show us things through kids, and it's worth us taking the time to talk about. Not just that he wants us to look to kids to learn a few things, but that he places a great dignity and value on our kids. And that's important. So I know some of you men are like, oh great, here we go. I don't want to do this. Sounds weak. Sounds weak, I don't want to talk about this. But what I want you to remember is this, that when Jesus says the things that we're going to read, he's actually speaking uh, largely to his disciples, a group of 12 men, of course beyond that, but a group of 12 men who the Bible talks about turn the world upside down. So this is for us all. So, and it's, and it's a familiar passage, right? So, would you just open up your heart and your mind again to let the Spirit of God speak to you, even though you may have read it a whole bunch of times? The truth about kids is, is that they often really do help us. They help us oftentimes to see things that we want to see about ourselves, and a lot of times things we don't want to see about ourselves. They help to identify and reveal some of our shortcomings and inadequacies. I remember a time where uh, we were at my house, we were about to watch a movie. And so I had gone into the closet where we keep our DVDs and I had picked out a stack of them and all three kids were running around. And it had just been one of those days. You know those days? And they had been fighting all day and arguing all day and the noise was constant all day. And when it comes to picking movies, how many of you know they will not agree on a movie together? 
And so everyone's fine, and I've got my stack of movies. I'm saying, okay, guys, we're going to, you know what, let's just, and they're running around, pushing into my legs, and they're fighting and yelling and screaming and crying. And I just, uh, in a moment of weakness, I will be honest with you, I might have lost it just a little bit. I know I'm probably the only one, but I lost it a little bit. And so I took that stack of DVDs, and I just tossed them on the ground. And they went flying all over the closet. And the cases opened up, and discs spilled out. And all of my children went. <laughs> and I said, would you please just stop? Just quit it. And I may have yelled at them for just a brief moment, gathered my senses, and realized this is not the way that we live. And so I picked up my mess and I pulled all the kids together with me and I got down and I said, listen, what daddy did was not the right thing to do. We are parsleys and we don't act that way. And so I'm sorry for that, would you forgive me? And they all said, yes, daddy. And it was good. <clears throat> but now... Every couple weeks or so, it seems, one of my children will walk by me and say, Hey, Daddy, remember that time that you got really mad and you threw all the DVDs down on the ground? <laughs> yes, son, I do remember that. And thank you for sharing it with me once again. <laughs> we have much to learn from our children, and they seem to be pretty willing to help us to learn, very open with us about our learning. So in Luke 18, let's see what Jesus has to say about this idea. Luke 18, starting in verse 15, people were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. <laughs> But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now you probably read that a lot of times, but when you read it, you just kind of slow down and you think about it. These are actually some pretty grave words that come from the Messiah. Unless you receive the kingdom of God, and that's an important word, by the way, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a little child, you will never enter it. So let's enter the scene for just a second. Picture yourself there. There's Jesus, there's disciples around, there's probably other people around. I'm guessing that Jesus probably, he's been teaching here. We don't know exactly what's happening right at this moment, but there's probably a crowd that's surrounded him, and he's teaching them and talking, and parents and people are bringing their children. This says babies, and we believe that means little ones and infants, and they're bringing children to him. And, and handing them over and trying to get through and get to Jesus. And there's many of them. There's, you know, there's more than one. And the disciples are there, and they're actually rebuking people. Nope. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. No, get that kid away from Jesus. 
No, 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 step back, please, please, please. Come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. Don't you know that Jesus is very important? He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot on his mind. He's thinking about a lot of stuff right now. We got an appointment. We got a, let me check my sundial. We've got a, uh, we've got an appointment. We got to be somewhere in a few hours. And so we do not have time for this. And Jesus stops them and says, hey, hey, guys, 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 no. No, 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 no. Hey, Peter, 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 put the kid down, Peter. Peter, stop being so angry. Put the kid down. Step away from the child, Peter. Step away. Right, guys, no, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Let the kids come to me. Let them come. And don't hinder them. By the way, that's a good word. That's a good idea. Let the kids come and don't hinder. Parents, what a great thing for us to think about this morning. Don't hinder. What could it be that I might be doing that might actually be hindering my kids from coming to Jesus? Just something for us to think about and to call to our attention regularly, I think is an important idea. But let the kids come to me. Don't hinder them. Don't reject them. Don't rebuke them. And the disciples, they keep trying to protect Jesus from the kids, from the least of these. They keep trying to push them away, not realizing this is why he's here. This is why he's come. This is who he has come for. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. The disciples, they kind of failed to realize here that they, in fact, are much like these kids in that they are among the least of these. Or at least we hope so. Let's keep reading on. Jesus keeps inviting them. He keeps asking them to come be with them, poor, sick, and the least. And so here's the big idea that I want you to see first, is that in this moment, in this passage, Jesus is saying that kids are valued and important. And in fact, Jesus wants us to learn from them. Jesus says, let them come. And I can picture the scene. I think that probably that, that uh, the, the adults are coming and the crowds are swirling. And I think kids probably really wanted to be there. Don't you? Can't you see the scene? I just think there's something that was uh, lively and fun and there was life that surrounded Jesus and everywhere that he went. Nowhere do we see in scripture that any of the kids run to the Pharisees or run to the religious leaders of the day to go and hang out. That didn't happen. There ain't no kids trying to climb up into a Pharisee's lap and sit there and have a fun afternoon. We don't see that anywhere. But several times through scripture, we see kids being around Jesus. And I think he loved it. And I think they saw the truth of who he was. And so they wanted to be near him. They wanted to be around him. They recognized the life and the fun that was in him. We've got Jesus way too solemn, way too often. We've got Jesus in his bright white skin, not the way it was, actually. We've got him in his long brown hair, in his beard, in his bright blue eyes, in his white robe, and his blue sash, and his lovely sandals. We've got this classic picture of Jesus standing there, so solemn. 
Let the children come to me. I love the children. Do not hinder them. Such is the kingdom of God. Don't we? Oftentimes we see it that way. But you know what? I, I'm, I am confident. I am sure that Jesus was full of life and full of fun. And kids loved to be around him. And he wanted them there with him. So much so that they would run and hang out with him. And you got to realize as you think about the scene that it had to be a mess too. It had to be just a disaster. Kids, dirty, smelly. I mean, everything is dirty. Just snot. I'm sorry, but snot pouring down on some of them. Uh, sticky gogurt hands everywhere. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. You'll find out one day. Sticky gogurt hands all over the place. Pulling on his beard. I mean, the whole thing. And I can just see him having so much fun in the middle of it. I think that this is the way that it was. And Jesus is just there saying, yes, yes, yes. Yes, come. Yes, oh, that was a good one, little Billy. <laughs> All right. Okay, come. Yes, there's something in that moment for all of us to see and all of us to realize. Because it's not just the little ones, not just the kids. The least of these. We are among the least of these. And he says the same thing to us today. You, in your mess, in your dirt, and your sticky gogurt hands, and everything that you carry with you. Yes, yes, yes. Come to me, because I want to be with you. Mark 10, 13 through 16. It says in that passage that it's a parallel passage to this one. It says that he took them in his arms, and he reached out, and he placed his hands on them. He took them in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. And that's probably what the parents are after. They wanted the rabbi, the teacher, to bless their children. Mortality rate was horrible in this age. And so these young kids, they did not have a good chance of having great lives. Many of them would pass far too early. And so parents may have been bringing sick kids so that Jesus, maybe, just maybe this Jesus, would be able to lay his hands on them and heal them. And Jesus says, I want them just like they are. Let them come to me. And parents, I just want to take a quick aside here. And I want to ask you just one quick question. Are you able to make the time? I mean, here, right here, what's happening, you know, all these kids are running. And Jesus is saying, hey, I want to make these guys a priority. I want to make them a priority. I want to dignify this idea of being a kid, because the culture wasn't going to do that. And he dignifies this idea of kids, of little ones. He places a strong value on them. He wants to spend time with them. Parents, are we doing a good job of that? I'm sure the answer that you would give is the same one that I give. Yes and no. There's this idea out there that we need to have a quality time with our children. And so we look for it. Yeah, I'm going to have some quality time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get with my boy Ewan, and I'm going to have some quality time. So son, for the next uh, 30 minutes, I've got some quality time to give. So come on, let's go have some quality. That's not enough. You've got to have quality time and 
quantity time. And the reason for that is because you never know when the quality time is actually going to show up. Just because you're there doesn't mean it's a quality time. Quality time is when your son or your daughter starts to open up their heart and share something that's important with you, and you get to share with them. And those moments don't come around all the time. So parents, we got to be there a lot. A good friend of mine in student ministry, she's, uh, she's kind of more mature in years, but she's been in youth ministry a long time, over 30 years. And she has a saying, she says, he who spends the most time wins. I think that's the way it is with us and with our kids. And I know you may be a single parent saying, Bert, you don't understand. I'm working hard just to figure things out. And it's so difficult and I don't have time. Please don't make me feel guilty over this. And I'm not at all trying to make you feel guilty. But I want to encourage you in something. When you have a moment to give with your children, would you make sure that you are all and fully there be there, be present, be in the middle of what they're doing, be open to them. I'm concerned that far too often our kids don't even recognize us until we take this all too familiar position. Throw this away at the dinner table, would you please? Leave it in the bedroom, would you please? Just ditch it. Get rid of it. I know it's hard. I know it beckons to you. Answer me. I have email. I know you want to. I know you feel like you need to. But what's more important? God places a great value on kids. He says they're important. He's illustrating that by his actions in this chapter. Don't overlook the kids. And think about this. Here he is. Here God is. <laughs> Seated here. And he's, a, he's not married. He's a single man. He has no kids of his own. He is the most unlikely person to be doing this. Which just makes me think he's saying something to all of us. And he's even saying something to all of you men in the room. And all of you young men in the room who are single. I think it's a challenge to realize that doing this, that being with kids, that helping to grow young kids is a godly and an honorable and a masculine thing for you to do. In fact, some of you guys need to get up after the service, go to kids check-in, get an application for Kids for the One. You need to fill it out. You need to get a background check. You need to be interviewed. And you need to jump into one of these classrooms and start discipling these little children. We need more men helping to raise kids in our church. And as a side note, guys, those teams are full of young ladies. I'm just saying. They're back there. Here's you. Here's a kid. There she is. There's kids. You're playing around together, all of you. There's this neat little setting right here, and you're welcome. <laughs> of course, that's not the reason, but think about it. We got to keep going. Jesus is saying, here's the deal. When I, 
When I ask you this question, everybody, when I say, who do you think is great? What comes to mind? I mean, quickly, we would identify people, a name like, uh, well, I mean, there's any number of names. You'll go to great uh, national leaders. You'll go to great athletes. You'll go to entrepreneurs who have innovated and changed the world. You'll go to all these great names that you would immediately think of, and depending on what your sphere of influence are, it could be any number of names. But Jesus is saying here, uh, in fact, let's read it in Luke Chapter 9 and verse 46. Luke 9, 46. It's a similar idea. He says, An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child, and he had him stand beside him. And he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Jesus is saying, hey, I don't want you to be like all these people that you think are so great. I want you to be like these. I want you to be like this kid. And it continues on in Luke 18, 16 through 17. We already read it, but let's read it again. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He's saying the kingdom of God belongs to kids and those like them. The kingdom of God belongs to kids and those like them. Now what do we mean when we say kingdom of God? Because that's a, that's a big idea. All right, and that we, we could take all kinds of time. It would take forever to discuss the grandeur and the incredible idea of the kingdom of God. And we're not able to do that today. But let's just highlight a few things for us to think about and understand. That Jesus had, in fact, brought the kingdom of God. Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God is here. It is here with you now in me. The kingdom of God is here, and it is also still coming. You've got to know that it's here, but it's also coming. And one day it will come in full. And yes, we understand, even from Luke chapter 18, in the next passage about the rich young ruler, he talks about the kingdom of God being uh, eternal life, the kingdom of God being heaven. Yes, those are, those are accurate, but it's more than that. It's not just something to come one day. It is here. It was there now. It is here now in Jesus, and it's available to all of us. In Romans, Romans 14, 17, it talks about the kingdom of God being righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's available for all of us. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 4.20, it talks about the kingdom of God not being a matter of talk, but a matter of power, of life, of empowered living, of miracles, of great things. It is the making right of all things that have been broken and shredded and ripped apart because of sin. And the kingdom of God has come to make all things right again. And to restore all of those things. And Jesus is saying, it is here and it is available to you if you will be like them. So it's very clear. He's saying you won't enter the kingdom of God 
unless you receive it like a kid. Just a little bit different way to phrase it, but think about it. You won't enter the kingdom of God unless you receive it like a kid. And I think there are a couple of angles that we could approach this idea. One of those angles would be this, that it would be that we receive the kingdom of God in the same way that we would receive a child. You receive the kingdom of God in the same way that you receive a child. Let me ask you this question. How do you receive a kid? I can tell you what it looks like at my house. When I come home, every day that I come home, I, and I put my key in the door, and I start to turn it, and it clicks a couple times, and I hear, I hear from different points in the house through the door, Daddy! And I open that door as fast as I can, and I push it open, and I see three little bodies tearing around the corners, coming out of couches, running out of the back rooms, running towards me, and I'm carrying all of my stuff. I've got my computer and my phone. I've got all these things that are actually very important to me. They're even expensive. They're very valuable to me, but I drop them on the ground, and I get down on my knees, and I open my arms, and they run in, and I grab them and hug them and say, hey, I missed you so much today. I think that's how a father receives a child. And I think this is the challenge that he's saying to us. If you want to receive the kingdom of God, receive it in the way that you would receive a child. Empty-handed. Because in that moment, nothing matters. My degree doesn't matter. My accomplishments don't matter. My resume doesn't matter. My gifts don't matter. My talents don't matter. Nothing I have matters. My kids don't care. All they know is that daddy's here and we want to be with him. And that's all it takes. And my arms are open wide. I think he's saying to us, if you want to receive the kingdom of God, if you want to enter it, get on your knees, live in humility, open up your arms to it. Let go of everything. No pretense. Don't try to carry anything into it. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to impress me with your goods. I'm not impressed by you. I just love you. Humility. No pretense. Empty hands. I receive his kingdom. Not earn it. I receive it. Because the truth is, there is nothing that you can do to earn what his kingdom has for you. You can't earn these things. You can't earn your righteousness. You can't earn peace. You can't earn joy. You don't earn the power of God. You receive these things from him. And we know you sure can't earn your own salvation. It's a free gift that your father gives you when you can live in that Humble state. Second way that we could take this is to receive the kingdom of God like a child would receive it. And this is probably the way that most of us are familiar with looking at this passage. You receive the kingdom of God as a child would receive it. Now, how do kids receive really good stuff? I can tell you how it works at my house. Yes! That's it. 
Uh, hey, um, you know, you guys, that was a really good dinner. I really enjoyed that. You guys want a treat? Yes? I guarantee you, my daughter Aurora, who's seven in first grade, she does not say, well, Dad, I got an eight out of ten on my spelling test today, so I don't know that I really deserve a treat. That does not happen. That is not the way that it goes down at my house, ever. I have never seen that once. No one is saying to me, well, Dad, I'm not doing so good at all my bike riding skills. So I don't think I deserve that candy. I don't think I deserve that gift. I don't think I deserve that toy. Nobody's saying that. They're just saying, okay, I'll take it. Everybody, this is what Jesus is calling us to do. Just say, okay. Forgiveness? Yes, please. Yes, I'll take that. I can't earn it. You don't care about any of my accomplishments? Uh, yes, please, I'll take that. Righteousness? Yes, please, I want you to help me. Peace? Absolutely. Oh, I need that in my life. I've been looking so hard. I've been trying to find it. I've been searching, trying to do all the right things. I try to read the Bible as often as I can. I try to worship the right way. I don't know how high do my hands have to go till I finally get the peace. How many times do I have to go through square one to actually get the peace I'm looking for? I've been there 15 times. I'm so sick of it. It's really good. You should go. <laughs> This is not the way it works. A kid just says, yes, because they know it's free. It's ready. Daddy wants to give it to me. And so just take it. Receive it. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to fight your way into the kingdom of God. That's not what he's looking for. Open up your hearts. Let him in. He wants to give it to you. He wants to make things right in your life if you would just receive it. You can't earn it. I think that point probably came through good enough. But power, godly living, miracles? Yes, yes, yes. I want all of that. Whoa, Brent, did you say... Miracles? Yes, I did. Because that's what Jesus does. And I believe it's available to us. You need a miracle in your life. You need more of the kingdom of God. Say yes. Oh, man. So let me just go down this list. Some of the qualities that I see in my kids that I think he might be pointing to to help us to receive his kingdom, to be able to enter it. And these aren't revolutionary. These aren't things that are going to blow you away. But I want you to realize that on the other side of this, there's a whole list of things that are the ways that we should not respond. And I want you to hear these positive things and let them take root in you. One of the things about my kids I know that's true is that kids take me at they're at my word. Kids take their father at his word. If daddy says it, it's true. My little girl Reese, she, 
she just always, I, you know, I'll tease and we'll make jokes, we'll do things. And she always immediately just says, you're joking, right, Daddy? <laughs> always. Why? Because she trusts me. Because I speak the truth to her. Dads, it's important what you say to your kids. Don't always joke around. Don't always try to tease. Don't speak truth and life and good things into your kids. Be honest and upfront with them. Tell them the truth because they believe. Grow that inside of them. When's the last time you opened up your Bible and you looked at it and said, Now, Father, speak to me through your word and help me to just believe what I read. Now, I'm not a proponent of you checking your brain at the door when it comes to reading the word. And I don't believe you should come in these doors and listen to what is preached from this platform and just take it for whatever it is. I think you need to investigate. You do need to look. But I'm afraid that all too often we approach coming to church, we approach our time in the Word with too much cynicism, too much criticism, rather than starting from a place of faith and belief and letting that be, that be our beginning point. We take it from a point of cynicism first, and we've got to claw our way to try to get to the truth. What if we instead decided, I'm going to be like a child, and I'm going to believe that what the Bible says is true, like it says it. And then I'm going to investigate, and then I'm going to talk to my community, and then we're going to dissect, we're going to try to figure out, we're going to study together, we're going to find out what the real truth of that is. But let's put aside all the adult stuff of cynicism and criticism and begin with faith. Daddy says it's true. Second thing, kids depend completely on their parents for provision and protection. I think Jesus is saying, hey, I want you, I want you, to, I want you to rely on me. I want you to depend on me. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to take care of everything and don't try to provide everything for yourself. Let me, your father, help you. Listen, everybody, I pay the bills in my house. I do. I remember one time when, uh, when uh, we had first started here in Austin, we'd just come with uh, Pastor Ross and Amy, we were planting the church. You know, this is about three years ago when we showed up, and Maria and I were talking about money, and we were living in a small apartment. I wasn't working anywhere else. I was just working for the church, but there were no checks. We weren't paying anybody, and we're just doing our best to serve God and, and start the launch. And Marie and I were talking, and we were saying, boy, it's getting really tight. It may be time now for me to look into getting a job. Do you think that's what we should do? We're having that discussion. We were still faith-filled, and there was no... And by the way, we spent a year with uh, no job for me. And, the, and, and God took care of us that entire year, just supernaturally provided for us. It's why I can easily preach this point, because I know it's true. But Aurora heard us talking about it, and she came, this is three years ago, so she's about four years old, and she comes with her little piggy bank out of her room, and she looked up at me and said, Daddy, you can have my money. And I said, honey, listen, Jesus takes care of us. 
and daddy is going to take care of you and you will always have food and you're going to have a house and you're going to have clothes to wear and you're going to be fine because I'm your daddy and I'm going to watch over you. And my kids feel secure because I'm going to protect them and I'm going to provide for them. My girls do not have to fight for themselves. In fact, they can't protect themselves. They're too little and skinny. And God help that first boy that walks in my door. I may not be the most formidable man, but I don't care. I got another fire that burns at me. <laughs> and guns. Anyway. Let's wrap up with these final points. Kids have fun. Kids have fun. I know that seems a little bit crazy to you, but I'm convinced that we're just far too serious and far too overwhelmed with all the stuff that's going on in our lives. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. If we're walking around depressed day after day after day, I know life is difficult. I get it. I've been through some horrendous things just like you have. I don't mean to make little of it. I don't mean to make light of it. But I know that deep down in my heart, I'm not always happy up here, but I always have joy. Why? Because I've received the kingdom of God. It is available to you. If you're depressed every day, you need to get out of that. In my house, we've got a thing that we call the Reesey Fun Dance. No, it's the Reesey Dance Run. What is it? I can't remember. But my little girl, she's four. She just has this dance run that she does when she's so happy and she's having fun. She just starts running. It's just this little run, and she just runs around the house. She just runs in circles forever. She doesn't stop. She just keeps running. Camera guys are loving me right now. She's like, oh, oh. She just keeps, she just keeps running. Why? There's nothing better to do. I'm so full of life and joy. I just got to do something. I'm going to run. Are we living like that? No. Should we be? Yes. Even in the midst of really difficult circumstances, there is life to be found and joy to be found, not from you, but from the Holy Spirit. Finally, um, let's just go to this last one. The kids approach their father with humility and confidence. Kids approach their father with humility and confidence. My daughter, Aurora, she asked me, and it was just yesterday, she said, Daddy, um, next time I have a birthday, could we invite all of my friends and take them all to Disney World? <laughs> and I said, well, that might be a little bit challenging, but we'll figure out a really good party to have. What I love about that is that she was not afraid. She came to me humbly. She didn't say, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, Dad, come here. Listen, next birthday, my friends, Disney, your bill. Got it? <laughs> she said, Daddy, could we, could we do this? She approached me in humility, but she was confident, too, to ask for something crazy. 
Are we living like that? No, often we're not. Should we be? Yes, because we believe in the kingdom of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to ask you, if you would, in just this final moment to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I want you to remember that we are among the least of these. I want you to think about the way that you have approached the kingdom of God. Are you trying to earn it? Are you trying to earn forgiveness? Are you trying to earn eternal life? Listen, if it hasn't become clear, it doesn't work that way. It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift given to you and you receive it by faith. Are you looking for righteousness and peace and joy? Are you looking for power and miraculous living? Are you looking to be empowered for your life? Are you looking for things in your right to, in your life to be made right? These are all parts of the kingdom of God. And you can receive them. You can enter into it. All you gotta do is come humbly. Remember the scene, all the mess, all the gogurt sticky hands, the beard, and Jesus says yes to that. This morning he's saying yes to you with your stains, with your stuff, with your sticky hands, with everything that you're carrying. He's saying yes to you. Hey, come to me. Uh, hey, everybody, get out of here. Don't, don't let him... Don't hinder him. Don't hinder her. Let her come. Please come. Because Jesus came. He died on the cross for you. He was buried. He rose again. He beat up death, hell, and sin so that we could be alive. So that through his sacrifice, he could pay the penalty for all the sin, all the disobedience, all the stuff that we have done. And we removed ourselves from a, a, a right standing relationship with God the Father. Because we disobeyed. Not because the Father pulled away from us. Because we disobeyed. And then he offered part of himself, his only son, so that we could come back. And today, you don't have to fight for it. You don't earn it. You can just receive it. So I'm going to pray this prayer and I want to ask you, if that's you, if you would simply pray a similar prayer from your heart with me, even mirror some of the things that I pray if you don't know what to say, but make a commitment to Jesus this morning. So in your heart, and maybe even opening up your mouth a little bit to say some of these words, just pray these ideas. Now, Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us. We want to receive everything that you want, but we want to begin with your salvation for every single one of us. Your great love that allowed us to come back to relationship. Your great love that caused you to sacrifice everything for us. We receive that now. And your body broken on the cross and your blood shed so that we can be free. We receive that and we choose to believe it. We believe in you 
We believe that you are who you say you are. And we believe that you do the things you say you do. So we repent of our sin and our old lives. We turn away from the way that we have been living and we turn into a new life with you, seeking you, serving you. Forgive us for our sins and be our Lord and be our Savior. Save us. We love you and we thank you. And now give us the strength, the empowerment to live the lives that you want us to live. We commit our lives to you. We thank you in Jesus' name.